Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Anyway, but anyway. Cherry bomb. All right. Uh, yeah! Wow, what an appropriate song for this episode. I actually hate that song. Uh, Why? It's so annoying. It is pretty annoying. It just that, that riff happens over and over. That's what we're talking about today. And that's Cherry Bomb the tea. by Who's that by? Uh the Runaways. I think that's right. Hello. Um, hello. Welcome to the Feeny Call. Welcome. Here we are in my apartment. I'm Megan. I'm Skyler. And today, today we're talking about season one, episode seventeen, titled The Fugitive. Yes. Which sounds super um, serious. This is the first of many, many dramatic Sean episodes to come. Mm-hmm. But we kick it off with his first really bad kid deed. Yeah, it's a good one. Do you have any any tidbits of trivia for us? Oh, yeah, I do. What do you I got? I do, I do. What is um, it? It's just a little something about this episode. So Amy is vacuuming at one point she's singing and uh-huh. the song that she's singing is you made me love you i didn't want to do it written by james v monaco and joseph mccarthy and it was made famous by the one and only judy garland oh. who is so excited about renee zellweger playing judy garland it's me i'm I pretty excited it. about it forgot that's happening yep it's happening so get ready everyone prepare yourselves Emotionally, yeah. prepare yourselves. Mentally, physically, <laughs> however you need to. Spiritually. Go buy tissues. Whatever you gotta do. Yeah. Um, Fugitive is also a movie. It is a movie. In the 80s? 93. 93. Oh! So, same time frame? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's... The de- the title of this episode is 100% ri- a joke off, of off that. that movie. Yeah. yeah. That much, for sure. Because this movie was recently out and popular. There you go. They've got... It's so funny watching this show now, 20 years later, and realizing... Well, because even when we watched it, it wasn't when it was first coming out because we were just newborns. Uh But the pop culture references in this show are real. It's true. They're all over the place. They are. And we don't even really realize it because we weren't there for that. I mean, we were, but we were... Sucking yeah. our thumbs and crying a lot. Great. So what happened in this episode? Let me quickly tell you in 30 seconds. Here we go. So Corey's complaining about how his life is super boring and nothing ever happens. And then all of a sudden, Sean shows up in his bedroom and says, don't turn on the lights. I blew up your dad's mailbox outside of a store and everyone's looking for me and I can't go home. And so Corey's like, okay, sure, you can stay here. And then... Um, Sean gets caught going to the school late at night after Corey tells his parents and then Feeney's like you need to go home and then Corey's like you need to go home and everyone tells Sean he finally needs to go home and so Sean finally goes home and everyone ends up happy yes that was pretty good that might have been thank you one of your most concise concise ones well you know there's no B plot in this one really that's true it's just straight it's through all, it's, it's Sean there's no there's no side plot here really yeah that's about it what do you what do you think what, uh, what are your takeaways well, I feel like there are a couple takeaways in this one because they're, they they have two separate moments of lesson teaching. One mm-hmm. is mo- mostly for Corey and one is mostly for Sean. So I feel like 
it's whichever you relate to more depending yeah. on who you are in the situation as a relatable as it relates to the show I guess but I would say for me my biggest takeaway is no matter what you can always come home right at home. obviously that depends on your family and depends on your situation but sure that was very a very relatable thing for me because my parents always made it very clear that there was nothing that I could do that I could not come home afterwards. Mm -hmm. Did you ever run away from home? I did not. I think I packed a couple of times when I was little to run away, but in my brain, which I'm not usually a very logical thinker, I'm a very emotional thinker, but my logical six-year-old self was like, well, I'm going to get out there and then it's going to be really hot. I'm not going to have anywhere to sleep. And how am I going to get food? Like, I don't make any money. I don't have any money that I can take with me. So I'm sure. going to probably eat like two meals and then I'm going to be starving. You and were planning to run away at six. Yeah. <laughs> you never like, oh, yeah. a, never as like a teenager. No. Instead of running away or no. as like a 12-year-old. No. I never made, I, I considered never, it. I never got it. into it enough with my parents that that happened my parents and I were always very we were fine really until I was like 17 but then I was just like well screw it I'm gonna be moving soon anyway so it was always for me like well I'm not gonna have like I'm not gonna be able to eat anything I'm not gonna have enough money for food and I don't want to sleep outside for me I was always I was so accustomed to the luxuries of life I was like wow I love to sleep in a bed I should do that yeah my brother ran away from home like once or twice maybe which brother Trevor, he's my third oldest. Um, so the second, wait, wait in which Sorry, order? no, God, okay. He's the second oldest okay. um, of the four of us. So Trevor uh, ran away from home. I don't really remember, but I think it happened twice. And both times he was like in the backyard, like hanging out <laughs> or something. Yeah, you know, like just like basically ran outside and like maybe went down the street. But he didn't go anywhere. Of and he was always not. home, like, with you know, in the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to eat. I'm saying it. It's all about food. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just kind of a you know, tantrum sort of thing. I don't know. I don't want to undermine whatever it was for Trevor. So. <laughs> whatever he was uh, In the event that you're listening, uh, you know, I'm sure it was, it was very emotional. I thought about running away from home a couple times. More for, like, it's, like, romanticized the idea of it, I think, more yeah. so than, like, Ah, I hate it here. I need to leave. Like, I didn't really ever feel that way. And I feel like there were a lot of TV shows when we were younger that did have kids running away from home. I feel like it's not as common. It's not as prevalent in today's TV it's shows. I could be good. wrong because I don't no, watch children's TV. Fine. You probably don't want to show a lot of but your like, main characters running away from home. This is a prime example <laughs> of kids running away from home and it, it not necessarily being glorified, but like it being something that like the cool kid does. The cool kid yeah. ran away from home. That's true. It's one of those things that you know it's stupid, and he comes back in the end of the episode anyway, but it's like, oh, Sean did it, so want to be like one of the cool kids. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, always going home. Yes, that there's, was a big um, one for me. There's also, obviously, the little Feeny lesson about friendship, friendship and how Sean thinks Corey is a bad friend by ratting him out, but, he's but Sean's a, a bad friend by. for making him lie and... Which, with the canvas, canvas is not cheap. That was a very expensive metaphor. (laughs) It was. was, It wasn't. It was a big piece of canvas that Feeney was just like, fuck it. Yeah, and he ripped it. And he just gave it. Have a bandana. Have a bandana. Oh, 
I love Feeney's line. Oh, wow. What a perfect time to set fire to my desk. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, so that I, there are a lot of episodes where I can tell that Feeney's, I don't know. It not that it doesn't feel real because he's always very good at making him a real person. But this episode in particular, I don't know if he, if Bill Daniels was just tired, <laughs> if he was tired that day and he just showed up on set and was just like, "I'm just gonna read my lines the most point blank." Right. It's way all. It's such I a can. nice dry humor in it this is. episode, but I it love it. Almost feels like he's just like exhausted, <laughs> which I get it 100. Sure. He felt very tired, but it made it so much. It just made it so natural. Yeah. It made it. It's good to I mean, he's always so good at I made a note of that. All the adults in the show, especially in this episode, are so good. They're good people. They do good things. They give good lessons. They say all the right things. Yeah. It's crazy to me how, how far I think the modern sitcom has come from that because mm-hmm. the parents are just so good and they give such good lessons yeah but they're like imperfect and they fuck shit up oh yeah absolutely but they are well that makes them human right and just such good yeah it's good characters yeah uh anyway what did you learn oh well yeah i mean like you said those are the two kind of the key takeaways is the the alan lesson that we get about like you know no matter how much you fuck up you're loved and you can come home Mm -hmm. and that's valuable but it is important to note i think that that's something that should be said because that's not always the case in every house, you know? That's true. There's not always going to be a supportive, loving mm-hmm. parent in that home that is going to bring you in and, you know, still love you yes. even though you fucked up because there's not always good people. No. Well, um, and I think that it's very essential that Alan say that to Corey because obviously it's true about Sean's parents. They're mm-hmm. going to love him regardless and they're going to take him in and they might ground him and be mad at him but like they're still going to accept him and they want to know where he is and they care about him right they did not say that to him so he did not know he that's why he ran away in the first place because he was like they're going to kill me they're going i'm going to be skinned alive but they still felt it they just hadn't verbalized it and so that was alan taking that opportunity to be like i need to verbalize this to my kid because if ever he's in the situation he needs to know yeah and also then in turn since sean was there also saying it's Sean as well. How interesting, too, that they don't actually bring in Sean's parents in this episode. We haven't met them yet. We haven't. Feels like this would have been a place to meet them. To meet them, yeah. You know, for all the talk we've heard, it feels like writing-wise it would have been the time that we met his parents, and yet they're always still off screen. I will say it didn't feel unnatural to not meet his parents. I think it would have been really forced if they had come into the classroom like it, it made sense that Corey was like no no I gotta I gotta go talk to him yeah no like, I, it's good that like Corey sets it up for him to go and, and turn himself in effectively but feels like at some point in this episode we should have met Sean's parents probably yeah, yeah. I think we yeah. will soon I think it's coming up it comes around in a little bit at least season two because yeah. doesn't career day happen in season two I think so I know we meet Chet by in sometime in season two at the yeah. at the latest maybe sooner this is the beginning of the sean on the more dramatic side episode where mm-hmm. sean does something and he loses his mind and the whole world collapses and then Corey kind of brings him back yeah you know what i think is really interesting too is we get all, you know we get those episodes a yes. lot and you're right it's the beginning of that this episode we see alan being aggressively understanding 
yes. of Sean. Yes. And that, and like to the point of, you know, very empathetic, very much of seeing himself at a young age in that and mm-hmm. wanting what's better. And I think it's interesting when I think about later episodes, specifically their their drinking episode mm-hmm. when Alan loses his shit and it's oh, like yeah. he's like I'm tired of Sean and his yep. and his bad influence on you and yeah. all that and I just sit here and think, like as we watch this episode that's all I could think of and I'm yeah. like well what happened to you like you did you did this. like come on yeah. come on <laughs> I think I think it was because it was something that did not involve Corey yeah, I guess it is a matter of endangering his son yeah is the difference because Corey wasn't there for the bombing right. he wasn't there you know like you want to put yourself at danger and risk mm-hmm. and in trouble that's fine but now but Alan when you endanger my yeah, son in some way like that's different okay drag that's fair him. sure which also, I mean, that's what three seasons later. So Alan's getting tired of yeah. Sean's I mean, that's shit. season five. Like it's you can get He's tired like, of it. All right, then. seriously, this which is, is what happening. he does say. He's like, no, I've put up with a lot. Yeah. You know, so like it's all right. It's warranted, I suppose. This yeah. is the beginning of that long putting up with shit. I guess. Yes, and just uh, a long kind of I guess Matthew's parents understanding that th- their son's gonna be friends with this kid. Yeah. Regardless of what he does, they're going to be friends. Right. And so I think it was very good for Alan to sit him down and be like, you need to stay on the straight and narrow for Sean. Mm-hmm. Because if you start to stray, then that's, I mean, he's he's yeah. done. He's toast. Did you have a friend like this? A bad friend? Or were you the bad friend? I... Not bad friend. Don't... The, like, the <laughs> yeah, bad kid. Yeah, like the bad friend. kid. I can only think of one, and she wasn't necessarily bad bad she just had a lot of she had a lot of issues Mm -hmm. which don't we all but she was very vocal about a lot of her issues and she was very vocal about her kind of coping mechanisms as far as like are you referencing like drinking and and, yeah drinking and doing drugs and self-harm and but she was never she always had a very good relationship with her parents sure. too. So it wasn't like she ever ran away. Yeah. She never really she was just very sneaky and she just yeah. never got caught. And yeah. she had a lot of friends who supplied things for her. So sure. I was never really involved in that part of her life. Mm-hmm. I was kind of the friend who she came back to school after the weekend and told about it. Uh-huh. I also had I had a friend that I kept a big secret for for a really long time. Yeah. As far as who she was seeing, uh-huh. I kept that a big secret from a lot of people for a long time, but it was mostly for like her safety. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of the Corey in that situation a little bit because I also kind of smacked her up beside the head a couple of times and was like, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> and she finally did, but it took her a hot second to yeah. realize that it was very destructive behavior but I'm sure there were moments in my life that people also kind of had to do the same thing for me and give me a little bit of tough love yeah yeah yeah. I definitely think growing up I had a friend whose parents were very convinced that I was Mm. the like the bad kid terrible influence Mm -hmm. but they were like really uh really heavy-handed conservative parent helicopter parents yeah and so, like, the fact that I was in middle school, like, going on dates with girls, like, that was me being a bad influence on their son and that we were friends and, like, we could talk about that. And then I definitely had some friends in high school that were into, you know, that scene that I was that yeah. were, again, kind of similar to you where I didn't really get involved in the, I don't know, 
No, I didn't really, I don't know. I got into some trouble in high school, but not much. Like, I didn't do a lot of drinking or drugs. Yeah, I didn't get in trouble like that. I just got in trouble yeah. because I would, like, skip class. And... Sure. You know what I did do, though? I did play with fireworks a lot. I still do. I honestly, I love <laughs> fireworks. Um, I really do love them. But, Jen, you know, never, never got hurt. So that's good. That's good. I guess I was involved in quite a, a field burning inadvertently, though. Jeez. It was, a, it was an accident. You're lucky you don't live in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was bad. It was Smokey a lot. Smokey the Bear frowns on you. Oh, for sure. It was bad. We yes. were playing with fireworks, but what lit the field on fire was, was not, not playing with... It was fireworks was that lit it on fire. not being reckless with fireworks. Right, right. It wasn't like okay. being reckless was what did it. It was just a, a like strong gust of wind blew over something that was otherwise being used correctly okay um so it so. was the wind's fault <laughs> yeah well a drought and so on and so forth yes so i did play with fireworks i actually I had a similar experience to this kind of somewhat to this to this episode when i was like 13 or 14 just a little bit similar so i had it was late one night on like a friday night or something and i was young so i was 14 and one of my very good friends called me I was, I remember I was in my basement. I had a friend hanging out, staying the night that night. We were literally just like hanging out, playing video games, doing mm-hmm. what 14 year old boys do that like aren't into like fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, doing smoking weed. Right. Doing like very stereotypical PG 14 year old boy stuff. And I get a call from one of my good friends who's like really shaken up. And I was like, what's, what's going on? And he's like, hey, um, I, I think I'm really close to your house and I'm at this party and then. I'm really, I don't know what's going on. I'm really, I think I'm kind of drunk and I'm not sure. And I just need to come over and like, can you help me? And I was like, what the fuck? What are you talking oh. about? Um, and he was like, yeah, I think I know where your house is from here. I think I'm really close. I'm going to come over. And I was like, oh, okay, oh, what? And so like me and my friend like snuck out in the back of my house and went and like met my other friend outside who came like running down the street, like barefoot and like soaking wet oh. and a little intoxicated. Oh, no. And I was like what is happening the beginning of a horror movie we get him inside into like we sneak him into the basement and like give him lots of water and stuff to like eat or whatever and he's like i don't know what's going on you know i was at this party and it was mostly like seniors and we're you know and they were all drinking and i haven't really drank before but i wanted to be cool so i was like you know this whole thing right and so like he got really drunk at this party and maybe also a little high he didn't really know so his parents thought he was staying at someone's house oh boy and so then we had to like come up with a reason for him to be here because none of us could drive yet at this point. Mm-hmm. So like someone was gonna have to come pick someone up. Yeah. All it was this whole big thing. I ended up waking my parents up in the middle of the night and being like, "Hey," uh, and we like made up some stupid lie. We we like didn't tell the whole truth. We told them there was like a party that got broken up. We left out anything related to alcohol and drugs, course, obviously. Yeah. Just, you know, Clearly, my parents could have filled in the blanks. Yes. I'm sure I thought I was slick, but like they I'm knew. sure they knew. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think your friend made the right decision to leave. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a interesting night for sure. And because I hadn't, it was not, like I said, my other friend was there too. Mm -hmm. He and I, we were both, you know, pretty straight laced kids. And so, and so was the third friend who was leaving the party. He was Mm -hmm. also, generally speaking, a fairly straight laced kid. Mm -hmm. This was like a whole new thing Thing for for him. him. Um, Anyway, where are we at? MVPs? MVPs. Um, mine is Alan. It's mm, a good one. Because I think he delivers the message well. He delivers it 
in a comical way because he keeps flopping himself on the bed. Yeah. He's like crushing Sean because he obviously knows that he's there. Right. Um, and I think that Alan is the one who finally steers him in the correct direction and says, you need mm-hmm. to, you need to be there for Sean. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of help him steer him in the right direction. He's not going to know what to do. Yeah. And he gives Corey a little insight into that because Corey's like, that makes no sense. And as a kid, it's a it's very hard to see other people's perspectives of things. Even sometimes as an adult, you have a very hard time seeing somebody else's perspective because you just don't understand it and it's not your own. And some people are blessed with the understanding of multiple, multiple being able to see multiple angles of things. Some people just can't quite wrap their head around that. And they're not judgmental for it, but they can't wrap their head around it. Right. I'm going to give my MVP to Feeney for an expensive canvas metaphor. <laughs> um, how did I? No. no, I appreciate specifically, I really appreciate how he handles the whole thing. From the he calls yes. the Matthews and lets them know, like, hey, this is going on, and I'm going to be on the sidelines should I be needed. Because it's, you know, he's their teacher and an observer and so it is not his place to get right up all in the family business of all Mm -hmm. of it but he's like i'm here should i be needed yeah and then he comes in i think at the point at which he's needed Mm -hmm. um because you know why else is he coming to that classroom right well he did leave something i can't and here's the thing i can't decide if that's intentional or not i if he like thought of a thing that he left at school and so he was like i should go get that i'm of the impression that He he knew Sean went to the classroom. Sean climbs out the window. He Feeny probably sees Feeny him. sees him and trails him or something, you know, like whatever it may be. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be like, ah, I need to go back to my classroom on this Saturday night when yeah. it's shitty and get this canvas. Like, you know, if Feeny saw him the first time climbing in the window, it's fair to assume that Feeny saw him climbing out and trails him to the class mm-hmm. and creates the story for the sake of Sean so as not to be like, I saw you and followed you, idiot. It's yeah. a, let him believe that he's doing what he's doing. Well, but. and still while teaching him a lesson, because I think Feeney could have seen him crawling out the window, tailed him, got right. to school, called Sean's parents, and been like, he's here, come get him. Right. But Feeney was like, no, no, I have something that I need to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's a good one. Yeah. So I think Feeney handles this all as the, the non-abrasive third party very well. Because even still, like, he gets to the school. Sean's literally sleeping in his classroom. And at that point, it is really in Feeney's hands to do Mm -hmm. something about it. And still decides that it is more important for Sean to get this lesson with his friends and family. Did they just leave schools open in the 90s? (laughs) My school's always locked. Well, school security is a whole new thing now. Yeah, I mean, I remember the year after I graduated high school and I went back at some point there was umpteen different new locks and cameras and things like that and you had to be buzzed into the building and like it's so yeah so radically different than it was it probably honestly like i buy the idea of being able to get into your school's classroom in the 90s pretty easily pretty easily well and sean's pretty scrappy too yeah like that's fine but like i don't i don't but there were no cameras to see him i don't have any trouble believing the fact that that school did not have any security to speak of besides like a simple lock on a door yeah i believe that that. he could have easily picked and walked in you know i believe that for sure so 
Interesting. Yeah. Any flubs or mistakes in this episode? Not really. I think, I think that... the funniest thing, which is such a sitcom thing, when they're sitting at the dinner table, that half of the table is not being used, but they all got to get them in the right. shot. They all got to sit around this side of the table. They don't want to see at the back of anyone's head. And yeah. so I was like, well, that's a good half of the table. And they're all squished in on the one right. side. Right. Well, and they do make a, there's a weird so camera funny. angle in this episode too, that I was like, we never really see this angle very often of the kitchen, but they do like this strange, I'm using my hands right now, which means nothing. They do this strange shot from the going into almost going facing into the, the living room into the mostly living room. yeah and there's and I was that like, we don't of... see that angle as often yeah no and it well, definitely like puts attention on the fact that like oh this table is only being used halfway yeah there are some interesting angles all around because they focus on the telltale heart and they right. show like there's, there's moments where they zoom work. in, the on, zoom Corey's in heart. on Corey's they heart they do his head and then pan down to his heart pan back to his head yeah, there's a lot of camera work in there's this a one. lot of interesting camera work in this one Mm-hmm. So, uh, otherwise, I mean, I, there's really not any. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch any like flubs, things that don't hold up no. very well. No boom check in this one. No boom. Going strong. Two episodes. No, uh, no lines that don't episodes? sit within continuity very well. Everything, everything's fine. In this yeah, one, I think. everything pretty went, pretty much went pretty well. I feel like this again. This is the kickoff. Sure. So I think in the event that we were to come to another episode in the future and not necessarily have this episode as context it wouldn't make a lot of sense when sean kind of starts to curve in another direction it's a a good episode it's important it's the kickoff for pretty much the rest of the series as far as Corey and sean's friendship dynamic and i love it when they get when they get a little this is going to sound dirty i don't mean it this way but i love it when they get a little physical with each other Mm -hmm. meaning like they get in that fight that one time and there's the episode where Corey aggressively hugs him and he's like this is a hug yeah and i just love it when they get a little physical with each other because when i am angry i am the same way i kind of see red and i just gotta i have to put my hands on the person and Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a very I, I feel it very deeply. It's a very visceral thing for me because sure. as soon as Sean starts walking, Corey puts his hands up and he grabs his shirt and he's like, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, stop it. Like, I I like, I like feel that deep within my body because I'm the same way. If someone's doing something that I don't want them to do or I'm aggressively trying to tell somebody to not mm-hmm. and words are failing me, then mm-hmm. I have to put my hands on the person and sure. I have to be like, stop it. Yeah. Which it, makes me sound a, like a very violent person. Yeah, I, well, I don't hit people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the physical I'm also a twerp. I'm a tiny little thing, so I can't really... It adds a lot, emotionally speaking. Yeah. That being said, I... I try very hard to never touch people, I think. Fair. If so they I, just... It's not that, like, that impulse isn't there, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a human thing. That's That's your, like, you know... That's your old ape brain in the back mm-hmm. doing its, its you know, it's fight or flight chemistry where, yeah. you know, you're going to involve your body physically because you're threatened in some way or, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Um, and you got to try to put your, your other brain in front of that one. Calm down. Um, well, and I think when yeah. you are capable of, I don't think I'm capable of any sort of violence that would get into, get me in trouble. I don't mm-hmm. think I, I don't think I'm capable of actually like hitting somebody or punching somebody or getting into like an actual fist fight. Mm-hmm. So I trust myself to put hands on a person to stop them. And then if it escalates anymore, I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. But some people don't have that like control. So if they put their hands on somebody and somebody throws a punch, it's over. Yeah. And then there's a fight. Yeah, it's true. I'm like, as soon as punches are being thrown, I'm like, bye. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't do it. 
but <sighs> anything else that was it this is about yeah that's pretty much it yeah good stuff all right well check us out online we're there at the places that you do things we're there where um, you socialize yeah, now instead you... of in person i mean yeah obviously um we are where you have conversations with other people where you listen to them talk and yeah. you feel like you're a part of it right and tell us all the things we love to you can hear email us we like to talk we do megan's very good at responding Honestly. to emails <laughs> yes i try my hardest to respond if it takes me 24 hours i apologize i try to get back to you as soon as possible um but yeah instagram at the feeny call podcast we're on twitter and facebook at feeny call feeny call at gmail or feeny call podcast at gmail.com my bad yeah, like share subscribe like share send subscribe money. send to your friends that's support enough just listening that's true so all right we appreciate you and uh class dismissed